What businesses need to know about the Corporate Transparency Act, right now on the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. As part of the implementation of the Corporate Transparency Act passed by Congress in 2021, starting in January 2024, FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, a division of the U.S. Treasury, will begin collecting beneficial ownership information from many companies that operate here in the U.S. It's an attempt to protect national security and make it harder for individuals involved in various financial crimes to hide from the law. The government is still working out some of the details regarding implementation of the Act's beneficial ownership reporting requirements and mechanics, But business owners should start educating themselves now about the Corporate Transparency Act and its beneficial ownership reporting requirements as we near the January 1st, 2024 reporting start date. Joining us now to talk about the Corporate Transparency Act and its beneficial ownership reporting requirements are attorneys Jeff Swaim and Zach Luchik. Welcome, Jeff and Zach. Thank you, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Glad to have you with us. So the first question, and we're going to start with uh, Jeff Swain first, what is the Corporate Transparency Act and what is its purpose? So Howard, by way of background, with the exception of certain companies in regulated industries, for example, the securities industry, banking, insurance industries, most companies operating in the United States have not in the past had to disclose to the government the identities of the individuals who directly or indirectly own the company. Um, This has frustrated law enforcement efforts to root out criminals uh, that hide behind corporate entities to facilitate their criminal activity. So the CTA, which is the acronym we use for the Corporate Transparency Act, it's a new tool in the federal government's toolbox to crack down on financial crimes Uh, For example, money laundering, tax evasion, terrorist funding, drug trafficking, corruption, etc. It does this by requiring many companies uh, that are formed and are doing business in the United States to disclose to the federal regulators and law enforcement information regarding the beneficial owners of those companies. The uh, CTA brings the United States into, or in line rather, with Uh, the current beneficial ownership reporting requirements that many other uh, jurisdictions have already imposed on companies that are formed in those jurisdictions. So we're not leading the way by any means uh, with this effort. Uh, In fact, we're uh, probably trailing and only playing catch up here. Ah, Now, what businesses are subject, Jeff, to the Corporate Transparency Act's beneficial ownership reporting requirements? Yes, and that's obviously the key uh, part of this uh, Corporate Transparency Act. Right. So uh, just uh, to, to set the table, so to speak, uh, under the CTA, a company that's required to disclose its beneficial ownership, that's called a reporting company. And then the document that a reporting company has to file is called a Beneficial Ownership Information Report, or for short, BOI report. And then the BOI report is filed with the U.S. Department of the Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which folks may hear the acronym FinCEN, 
that's the uh, shorthand term for the uh, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. So understanding those sort of uh, three uh, uh, different defined terms, um, under the CTA, a reporting company is a domestic entity that was created by filing a document with a secretary of state or similar office under the law of a state or Indian tribe, or it's an entity that was formed in a foreign country, and that entity has registered to do business uh, in any state or tribal jurisdiction in the United States. So those are the two um, large sort of high level categories of reporting companies. Now, if we stop there, I suspect most folks would say, geez, it sounds like every uh, company that operates or was formed in the United States is going to be a reporting company. It's not quite that draconian. There are 23 exempt types of companies that do not uh, have to comply with that, the uh, Corporate Transparency Act and are not considered reporting companies. Unfortunately, many of those 23 exempted types of companies are companies that are already regulated by their industry and already required to provide beneficial ownership information. Again, I go back to uh, companies in the financial services industry, insurance company, banks, and companies like that. That takes up a number of those exemptions. Uh, public companies are exempted. Again, folks have to, dis- or public companies rather, have to disclose the beneficial ownership of public companies. Uh, So those entities are not reporting companies under the Corporate Transparency Act. And so that leaves very few, once you look at that list, that leaves very few exemptions for all the rest of us, so to speak. There is a large company, large operating company exemption, which a number of companies will be able to claim, but not enough to, to move the needle, so to speak. In order to be a large operating company and to claim the large operating company exemption, first of all, you must employ at least 20 full-time employees in the United States. Uh, You have to have an operating presence at a physical office within the United States. You must have filed a federal income tax return for the previous year, demonstrating more than $5 million in gross receipts or sales. And that $5 million must have come from sources within the United States. So in other words, you cannot count your foreign uh, sourced receipts or sales. Now, Jeff, uh, what will non-exempt businesses be required to disclose in a BOI? Yes, so there's sort of three types of information that will be contained in a BOI report. There's information regarding the reporting company itself. Uh, There's information regarding the reporting company's beneficial owners. And then for entities that are formed on or after January 1st of 2024, they are going to have to include additional information regarding what is called the company applicant. And Zach is going to explain a little bit more in his presentation what a company applicant is. But that's the three types of or categories of information that will have to be disclosed 
in a beneficial ownership report. For a company related, uh, let's take them one by one and I'll do the first one and then pass it over to Zach. As far as the company information, if you're a reporting company, you are going to have to disclose the company's full legal name, any trade, alternative, or business name. You're going to have to provide a current street address of your principal office. You are going to have to provide the jurisdiction in which you were formed or registered. And then uh, lastly, you have to provide your taxpayer identification number. Or if you're a foreign reporting company, you can either provide a tax identification number that you provided in the United States, or if you don't have that, you will provide the tax identification number issued by the foreign jurisdiction and uh, the name of the foreign jurisdiction in which that number was issued. We've been listening to Jeff Swaim, attorney with Myrick O'Connell, talking about the Corporate Transparency Act. And we're going to turn now to Zach Luchik. What are company applicants? The big question that we want to know about here, Zach. Company applicants are, is a natural person, not a legal entity, who either physically files formation documents, also known as a direct filer, or directs or controls the filing of the formation document. So in essence, a reporting company will always have one, but at most two company applicants. Zach, could you give an example of a situation where a reporting company could have two company applicants? So an individual hires a partner at a law firm to form an entity for them. The partner may use a paralegal to either help with drafting the documents or file the documents. So the partner in that situation would be the individual who directs or controls the filing of the formation documents, whereas the paralegal would be the direct filer for physically filing the formation documents. Now, do all reporting companies need to disclose their company applicants on their BOI report? No. As Jeff mentioned earlier, only reporting companies that are formed after January 1st, 2024. And this makes sense as there's you know, entities out there that have existed for hundreds of years, it would almost be impossible to figure out who everyone's company applicant was. Makes sense. Now, what information does a reporting company need to include in their BOI report? So for each of the company applicants, you're going to see the same information that would be included in a beneficial owner, which we'll discuss in, in a bit. But you're going to see individual's full legal name, identification documents or so something like a driver's license or a passport. If you have one, you'll have to provide that number on the application. But what's different between a company applicant and a beneficial owner is that you, the reporting company can include the company applicant's business address, whereas with a beneficial owner, you have to provide the current residential address. Uh, now, is there anything else a reporting company should know about company applicants? So, yes, there's one thing that a reporting company should know about company applicants. Reporting companies have no duty to keep a company applicant information up to date on FinCEN. However, they would have the obligation to correct any inaccuracies with the information that is supplied in the initial BOI report. So, Zach, we've gone through what a reporting company is and the company applicant. Can you explain who are considered beneficial owners of a reporting company? 
a beneficial owner is going to fall into one of two categories. The first being it's an individual who directly or indirectly owns 25% of the equity interest in a reporting company. And the second category is an individual who exercises substantial control. The first category is fairly simple, right? You own 25% of the reporting company, your equity interest. The second one can be a little bit more complicated as companies are, you know, can become bigger or are big entities. Some basic examples would be a senior officer, like a president, uh, directors, or in an LLC, LLC managers. Zach, can you give a basic example of how to determine a reporting company's beneficial owners? So there's an LLC. This LLC has three members. Two of the members individually own 45% of the equity interest, and one of the members owns 10% of the equity interest. Implying the first prong, the two members who own 45% individually, thereby making up 90%, would be included on that. Uh, as beneficial owners, whereas the third member would not because his equity interest does not meet the 25% threshold. This LLC also has two managers, one being one of the members who owns 45% and one of them not owning any equity interest in the LLC. Both of these would be disclosed here as beneficial owners. So as you can see in the example, one member who's also a manager would fall under both prongs. You won't need to disclose that, but it can fall under the, the two prongs. But as we know, corporate structures aren't this simple and they get more and more complicated, especially as the company grows or maybe acquires other business lines. But if you recall, in the definition of beneficial owner, you have to disclose individuals. So if we have a company that is owned by two other companies, the reporting company is going to have to go through uh, an, a mathematical equation, some sort of analysis to figure out who the beneficial owners are, which in this case would be indirect owners. Uh, and that would be on a fully diluted basis. And they just need to understand who the indirect owners are. Makes sense, Zach. So earlier, Jeff mentioned that there are exemptions afforded to reporting companies. Is there something similar afforded to otherwise beneficial owners? Yes. In five limited circumstances, a reporting company can refrain from disclosing an otherwise beneficial owner. I won't go into all the details of the five exemptions, but there is one that sticks out. It's this inheritance exception. So we have an individual who stands to own 25% uh, of a reporting company through inheritance. The reporting company wouldn't have an obligation to include them on a beneficial ownership report only when the equity interest in the reporting company is transferred to the individual who stands to obtain the inheritance. Now, Zach, if a company qualifies as a reporting company and is not otherwise exempted from filing a BOI report, when would this reporting company be required to file its initial BOI report? It depends on when the reporting company has been formed or registered. 
If the reporting company is formed or registered prior to January 1st, 2024, that entity is going to have no later than January 1st, 2025 to file their initial report. If the entity is formed or registered on or after January 1st, 2024, but before January 1st, 2025, that entity will have 90 days from the date it receives confirmation that the entity has been formed or registered. And if the entity has been formed or registered on or after January 1st, 2025, then that entity will have 30 days from the date it receives confirmation that the entity has been formed or registered. Now, once a reporting company files its initial BOI report, do they have any obligation to update the information if it changes? I would assume yes. The, yes, Howard, that, that is correct. Reporting companies under the CTA will have this ongoing obligation to ensure that their information is current and accurate. That means they're going to be obligated to keep the information regarding itself accurate and current, as well as its beneficial owners. This means if there's a change at any time to, let's say, a beneficial owner's residential address, or the reporting company has adopted an assumed name or a doing business name, they're required to file an updated report. In addition, reporting companies need to ensure that the information provided in any beneficial ownership report is accurate. As I explained under the company applicant with the, the typographical error in a company applicant, well, it's going to be the same thing here. You're going to, they're going to need to fix the inaccuracy. Makes sense. Now, Zach, are there any timelines the reporting companies need to follow to correct an inaccuracy or file an updated report? Yeah, so there's 30 days from the date of the change or 30 days from when the reporting company became aware of the change or inaccuracy. In addition, a reporting company who later qualifies for one of the exemptions will have 30 days to file an amended beneficial ownership report claiming the exemption. Conversely, if a entity was initially exempted and then later fails to qualify for an exemption, they're also going to have 30 days to file a, a beneficial ownership report. So I think we need a drum roll for this question because businesses are going to want to know the answer to this. Of course, they want going to want to know the answer to all of the questions that we've asked, but this one in particular, what penalties do companies face? for non-compliance with the Corporate Transparency Act requirements? Yeah, so the CTA provides for civil and criminal penalties for the willful failure to report complete or updated beneficial ownership information or the willful provision or attempt to provide false or fraudulent beneficial ownership information to FinCEN. So the penalties can be substantial and they include a civil fine of up to $500 a day for non-compliance wow. and can also include criminal penalties, which can either be up to two years in prison or up to a fine of $10,000. It's also important to note here that though it's the uh, reporting company that can be subject to this, senior officers of a reporting company can also be held accountable for their failure to file the beneficial ownership report or keep the reporting company's beneficial ownership information accurate. So how and when, Zach, will entities be able to file their initial BOI report? Can they do it now? 
So reporting companies cannot file their beneficial ownership report until January 1st, 2024. FinCEN has been adamant about this. It will only be available in electronic format. So there won't be a paper filing where entities are going to need to file this report. FinCEN is going to be rolling out a new system called BOSS. It has not been published yet. No one has seen what it's going to look like. We anticipate that at least before the end of the year, we'll see that. But that's where reporting companies will be filing these filings. So we've gone through a lot of information here about the Corporate Transparency Act. And I guess my question is, are there things that potential beneficial owners and senior officers should be doing now to prepare for the reporting requirements? Beneficial owners and senior officers should start to familiarize themselves with the CTA requirements as soon as possible. FinCEN has developed a website specifically for the CTA, which can be found at www.fincen.gov forward slash BOI. Um, there's a lot of helpful information on there, but one specifically is the small entity compliance guide. Within that guide, there's a bunch of checklists, diagrams, and explanations to a lot of the matters that we've talked about today. In addition, for clients and listeners that have entities that are formed on the Massachusetts Secretary of State, they're also going to be rolling out a website dedicated to the CTA, which presumably will have the same information that you can find on the FinCEN website. But we don't anticipate that until the end of quarter Q1 2024. So that's not super helpful. So, Zach, if clients have more questions about the reporting rules of the Corporate Transparency Act, what should they do? Existing clients should contact their primary attorney, and depending on that attorney's practice area, he or she will either assist or connect the client with one of our attorneys that handle CTA compliance matters. Additionally, existing clients and individuals who do not have a pre-existing relationship with Myrick can contact me, Zach Lucek at Z-L-U-C-Z-Y-K at MyrickO'Connell.com or Jeffrey Swaim at J-S-W-A-I-M at MyrickO'Connell.com. Thanks, Zach. And I want to just clarify that uh, Myrick O'Connell is M-I-R-I-C-K-O-C-O-2-N's-2-L's-N-N-E-L-L.com. I want to thank for some really great information on the Corporate Transparency Act. Jeffrey Swaim, partner at Myrick O'Connell, thank you, Jeff, for joining us today. Thank you very much. And Zach Luchik, thank you. Thanks for having me, Howard. I'm Howard Kaplan. It's been a pleasure. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Music.